children's ministry and didn't die and so here we are and so I'm so excited and that's why we do crazy things we got people eating crickets and people jumping in frozen ponds it was both me and uh, doing all kinds of crazy stuff because we love these kids and we love these teenagers and guess what even though they may go through different situations than adults do come on Jesus loves them he said, he said, don't get in the way of these young ones coming to me. And so we want to always do our best to provide a place where they can come to know Jesus and know that he loves them no matter what kind of situation they're facing. That's a good spot for an amen. So listen, um, I've got a couple of things to announce. Don't forget, on the 19th, we're going to celebrate. I'm super excited. 75 years as a church body. And uh, that's going to be, man, that's going to be neat. And uh, so, it, again, we're still looking for pictures. If you've got old pictures from the church, especially of the church building itself, um, let me know. We're getting a video together, and, and that's going to be cool. I'm especially excited about um, the, the hairdos from, like, the 80s and 90s because, like, hairspray was a big deal back then. So, uh, you know, and uh, a lot of uh, – what was the, the – what were the – no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not flammable, okay? All right. Some of y'all remember that what happened to – that what happened to Michael Jackson that time's hair caught on fire. Anyway, get on the program. So anyway, we're going to get excited about that. Uh, please be here. If you know someone that used to come to church here and they've moved away or something, let them know. And maybe they can come in. Maybe they, maybe they can't. But uh, we want to we have a full house that day and just, just celebrate together. Pastor Dan Hussey, some of you may remember Dan. He preached here. It's been a while back, but Dan came and preached here before. Uh, Dan was here that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, Den, Pastor Den was here um, when I was being called to ministry and I was about to leave um, and, and go, go into Master's Commission. And, and kind of the week uh, Master's Commission came up, Pastor Jason Harris was a youth pastor. And this, this group from Central Assembly of God in Houghton came up and they, they just ministered for a whole week. And I spent that week with them. And that's when I really said, man, I just... I'm in love with ministry, and I, I just want to do this. And uh, Pastor Dan was a, a big part of that, so super, super exciting. Um, we will not gather this evening. Hang out with your family, love on your family, or pray for your family, whatever you got to do. Uh, but we're not going to be together this evening, um, so I just want to let everybody know. Uh, if you want to turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 52, with me, we want to begin a series um, you, could, you could keep my pretty slide up there that I made. We want to begin a series this week called Kingdom Culture. And how many of you know that we are kingdom people? Come on. When we, when we come to know Jesus, when we say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. We become kingdom people. We become citizens of that kingdom. And, and that's a good thing to be. We don't want to be outside the walls looking in. We want to be outside the walls doing things. Come on. We want to be kingdom people. And uh, I'm just excited to preach this because there's a lot here. Sean, uh, he, he met with me in my office this morning. We were going to drink coffee and hang out. And Sunday school starts at 9, y'all. But we didn't get in there by 9 because we were just in there talking. And I was preaching my sermon to him. So uh, anyway, he's getting a double portion today. So pray for Sean. So look, um, let me give you a little backstory here before we jump in. The city of Jerusalem, the holy city, the place where many people believed that God would rule uh, the entire earth from, 
was in shambles. It was destroyed, and um, it had just been destroyed. And, and those who remained in the city wondered, what is going on? What is going to happen? Is there a future here? Is there hope here? Have you ever been there when you felt hopeless? You felt like, I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my rope. Well, they were there, and it was so bad that they began to ask amongst themselves, has God God abandoned us. Is he even still around? Is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, is he still there? Does he hear us? When the watchmen on the walls saw something, they saw a messenger running, approaching, shouting, Good news! So Isaiah 52, 7 begins and it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring, uh, who bring good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says, Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God, can we pray together before we go any farther? Holy Spirit, I pray that you remain in this place. God, that you empower me to speak these words this morning. God, that what I say would make sense. God, that the that those who hear would understand the meaning of the kingdom, the meaning of your kingdom. God, that, that eyes could be opened today, that hearts could be impacted today, that we would be kingdom people that build the kingdom for you, Jesus. I just pray those things in your name. Amen. So we want to talk as we begin this series on kingdom culture. The first thing that we've got to cover before we talk about the culture of the kingdom is what is the kingdom itself. Have you ever started a new job? You ever been the new guy? Nobody? Wow, that's awesome. I'm always the new guy. And you walk into a place that you haven't been before and there's always a culture there. Like, hey, we don't do that. And so a young lady started at my job outside the church, and, and uh, she was super excited. And uh, she came in, and, and I was like, well, welcome. I'm, I'm glad to have you on board. Uh, you're going to do great. And then I left for a couple of days. I was off, and I came back, and the whole office was rearranged. And I was like, whoa, what happened? And there's like a sign that says, live, laugh, love. And I was like, what happened? And there's like a lavender candle. And I'm like, what happened? And so she's like, hey, I noticed you guys had some phone books. And I'm like, yeah, so what about them? She's like, yeah, those, that's dead technology. Nobody uses those anymore. So I threw them away. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was offended, even though I hadn't opened the cabinet where those phone books were in two years. So listen. Uh, but the culture had kind of been one way. She jumped in and she's like, "Woo!" and didn't read the room. So it was fine, and it was better off the way she got it all fixed. So, Heather, if you watch this, thanks. Um, 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> but sometimes you have to read the culture. And I think in, in America, even a lot of people worry because folks come in from different places and they worry that, that they don't understand our culture, the way we do things. I love reading books about history and oftentimes dangerous things would happen when cultures collided because one people group didn't understand the way the other people group did things. You could even you could you could do this easy. Here's a really good analogy. Here's a really good way to, to figure this out. Do you, anyone know how to drive? Anyone drive? Okay. If you drive around Spring Hill and then you go to Baton Rouge, you'll understand the difference in culture. Okay. I rode. I I went down there one time with Wendy, and I both. I think I, I got salvation, and I baptized myself, all in the vehicle. Okay. And so you can understand things are different when you go to different places, things change. When you become a citizen of the kingdom of God, the culture in your life must change. Come on, let me say that again. Would you become a citizen in the kingdom of God, the culture of your life must change. Come on. And so let's look at this. So the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God. This poetic verse from Isaiah 52, the kingdom of Israel had been taken captive. The kingdom of God means multiple things. Listen to me here when I say this. Um, the kingdom of God is a place, and I think people maybe get a little hung up on this because they think the kingdom of God, oh, that's heaven. The kingdom of God, oh, that's a place, like a country, Okay, like the United Kingdom. Listen, let me tell you something. That the kingdom of God is a place, but the kingdom of God means multiple things. When the Bible talks about kingdom of God, it is, it is referring to an action. Listen, biblical writers are not writing kingdom of God for you to assume that the kingdom of God is a, is a palace or a giant army. And I think that even if you read the New Testament, if you read about Jesus and his interaction, you know, Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God more than anything else. Read it. Just, just start reading Jesus, the things he did. Read the Gospels. He will speak about the kingdom of God. And I think that, I think that some of the disciples maybe misunderstood and they thought that the kingdom of God was going to be an established thing. We're going to establish rule in Jerusalem. And that Jesus would start a revolution. And can I tell you something? That's why they came after him. Can I tell you that that's why they murdered him? Because he was, they looked at it, the, the leaders of the Jewish community looked at this movement as a revolution to overthrow their government. Imagine if someone, because Jesus walked around stating who he was. He told, I'm the king. Imagine if somebody started walking around America saying, I'm the president. Somebody would probably talk to him pretty quick. If they had a movement of people following them that was thousands strong, and they started saying, hey, I'm the president, somebody would get upset. Um, so listen, so... They don't want, so the biblical writers don't want you to understand the kingdom of God is, a, is, a, is an army that's ready for battle or a place or a, a, a nice palace or anything like that. The, the, what they want you to understand is that the kingdom is referred, the kingdom referred to is the reign of God. Kingdom is an action word, okay? It's not a place word. It does 
count as a place because the kingdom of God is a place. It's got multiple meanings and it's kind of hard. You know, when you think about this, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, but think about it. Listen, so uh, think about um, the word martyr dumb. It's a state of being, okay? So king dumb, it means the rule and reign of God. And this theme of the kingdom of God is present from the very first pages of our Bibles, the very first pages of Genesis, into the last paragraphs of Revelation. This is something really serious. This is something that God really wants us to understand and really wants us to see. And so he, uh, through the Holy Spirit, impressed on these and inspired the, the biblical writers to bring these themes into the text. So, the first thing I want to talk about when we're talking about what is the kingdom, I want to talk about a broken kingdom. So when God created, Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, I'm going to tell you something really quick. I can tell you, uh, I can testify and say that, that mankind has messed up because anybody that has gone fishing with me knows I do not have dominion over any kind of fish. Okay, it doesn't matter what I do. Uh, there's a couple in our church, and they have this really beautiful little uh, little pond, and uh, and you go out there, and 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 I'll and I'll throw every bass uh, lure I have got, Sean. And I try so hard, and I hold my mouth a certain way, man, and I and I do my legs a certain way. And nothing, hardly ever, can I catch out there. But any one of their family goes out there and throws anything, and they just pull in big hogs, and I'm just like, and I just have to pray. So listen, so when God created, he established, and uh, when he created, man offered to share this rule. And that's kind of crazy. What? God is sharing rule with us? That's what it says. Dominion. In fact, think about this. Think about this. If you read your Bible, God rarely acts completely alone. God almost, in, in, in many cases, look, especially in the Old Testament, look and see, God uses people to do things. God uses people that are available. Come on, think about that. Think about that. I want to be available. I want to be available. So the kingdom was broken. When mankind sinned, uh, we began, we fell away from that kingdom. We fell away from that, that rule of God not allowing him to rule over us anymore, but deciding that we would rule over ourselves. How many of you know when you start to think that way, a lot of times you get in trouble? I'm just going to do it my way. I'm just going to do things my way. And I'm not going to listen to what anybody else says. And you end up in a lot of trouble doing that. And so mankind walked away from the rule of God and we decided that we could do things ourselves. And you see, that's what happened there at, when, 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 we, when we ate, when we took that apple and we sinned, we took rule into our own hands. We tried to take authority into our own hands and that's just not something that we were able to do and say, God, you can't rule us, we'll rule ourselves. So the kingdom was broken. Um, if you read early in Genesis, you can read about people setting up a kingdom. And this, this kingdom was called Babel. 
and it ended up becoming what we know as Babylon. And all the way to Revelation, you can read about Babylon. Babylon, Babylon. This is mankind trying to rule itself, trying to push the rule of God away. And God, in his good grace and his goodness, loves us so much that he constantly comes back to us, that he constantly comes back and offers us citizenship in the kingdom. But we've got to make the choice. So, the kingdom was broken. The rule was broken. But what happened? This is so good, y'all. If we read the rest of Isaiah 52, it says, starting at verse 13, it says, Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be raised and lifted and highly exalted. Thank you, Jesus. Just as many were appalled at him, his appearance was disfigured beyond that of any man, and his form was marred beyond human likeness. He will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths because of him. For they will see what they have not been told. And they will understand what they have not heard. Listen, this is talking about Jesus. Because there came a point. Mankind has fallen and broken. And we've run away from the rule of God. But the whole time, half, half of our brain is thinking, man, we sure like it back the way it used to be. Come on. I know, I know I'm not the only one that gets in a situation where I make a decision and I do something stupid. And then I go, man, I sure like that the way it used to be. I got mad at my weed eater one time. And I was so mad, Jimmy, I just, I just hit it on the ground and, and the, the, the handle bent. And I looked at it and there wasn't no fixing it. And I said, man, I sure like that the way it used to be. And so listen, so we get caught up in that. And for generations, people called out, God. We want it back the way it used to be. We're suffering. We want back into the kingdom. And so here comes a man. Here comes the son of God himself. And he's exalted. He's lifted up. Come on, have you ever looked at the crucifixion for what it really was? It was a coronation. It was a coronation. They crowned him with, throne, with, with a crown of thorns. They put a robe around him. And they lifted him up for everyone to see. The king. The king. And I'm sure that Lucifer thought it was a mockery. I'm sure that he thought that he had won for that moment. But I think we know what happened. I think we know that although the king was brought down, he got back up. And that's powerful. Because let me tell you something. There's nothing you face in your life that Jesus can't handle. There's nothing you face that he can't walk with you through. Come on. Come on. And the same power, that same resurrection power, come on Pentecostal people, that same resurrection power that lifted him up from that borrowed grave, it's still alive in you today. And so when you face things, I want you to remember I'm a kingdom person. 
I'm a citizen of the kingdom and my king is alive and my king is powerful and he is lifted up high above all else. So we become kingdom people. When the Holy Spirit beckons your heart and you heed that kingdom call, then you take your rightful place as an image bearer, as a citizen of the kingdom of God, someone under the rule of the high king. You are a new person. And so when when whatever little demon comes to your house and says, hey, you remember that time you failed? Say, yeah, but guess what? As a kingdom person, that has no authority over my life because I serve a king that is good. Come on, somebody get excited this morning. Come on, because I serve a king that is good and I serve a king that still sits on the throne. And my king is not too big to not talk to me ever. My king knows my name and he knows my heart. And just like we sang this morning in worship, he found me where I was and picked me up. Come on. Set my feet on solid ground. Makes me want to shout hallelujah. Man, let me go. Let me keep going. Let me get wound up. Let me tell you something. Kingdom people, when I see Christians struggling with things, you know what I think? You know what I think? Instead of sitting here and gossiping about somebody, don't you gossip in front of me because I will call you out. Let me tell you something. We don't, we don't allow that in this house. Kingdom people, you are above that. Do not gossip. Because that person that you're gossiping about, maybe they're a kingdom person too. And instead of gossiping about them so some demon can hear you say it and go and say it back to them. Maybe you should say, hey, that's a kingdom person. Let me go lift them up and say, brother, let me be your helper. Because I'm a kingdom person too. Come on, that's good. Let me tell you something. You carry with you something very important as a kingdom person. You carry with you something very important. It's called the good news. Let me tell you something. There's a word for that. Evangelion. You said, what did he say? The Greek word is evangelion. And that word means good news. You may have heard it. Gospel. And what is that? It's an announcement of the king. It's an announcement of the king. And so what do I want to do as a kingdom person? Man, I'm about to get fired up. Where's my preaching towel? Somebody hit it. Listen. So what I'm going to do is when I'm faced with a situation, I'm going to announce the good news on that situation that I'm a kingdom person. Come on. And I don't have to face this alone because my king's alive. And I'm going to announce that gospel. I'm going to announce that good news to every demon that faces me. And when I see someone sick, I'm going to step over them. Y'all get excited. Come on. When I see someone that's sick and facing something, I'm going to announce that good news over that situation, Jimmy. When I see someone, a husband or a wife that is struggling in their marriage instead of saying oh my goodness I can't believe it I'm going to announce the kingdom over them I'm going to announce kingdom truth and kingdom reality that Jesus is alive and he's bigger than those things and I don't have such little faith that I'm going to sit here and watch somebody failing and just watch I'm going to get down there next to them and say get 
up because you are a kingdom person. And I am so sick. I am so sick of kingdom people forgetting who they are. You better remember. You better remember and you better be authentic. Listen, because let me tell you something. Christianity today, isn't that a magazine? Listen, Christianity today is not what it was yesterday. We live in a place where people do crazy things, where identity is all jacked up, where people are doing crazy stuff, y'all. And we watch the news and we get all upset about it. Worship team, you guys can come back. We get all upset about the news. We get all upset about things that people say. You better be authentic. You better be authentic. I want to tell you something about my generation. We always want to ask why. And as a parent, you know what I'm talking about. When your kids were little, you said, hey, don't do that. Why? Like, because you'll, you'll get hurt. Like, don't climb on that. Why? You'll break your arm. And so we ask why. And even as adults, I find myself even, why? You know? Some, there's, there's something I don't agree with. Why? Why is it like that? Why? And so I want you to understand that the lost generation of today is not like the lost generation of, of yesterday. The lost gener- generation of today is not just going to believe you're a Christian because you say it. They're going to watch you and they want to see it. Come on, because we got these devices in our pockets when we can learn anything about anybody real quick. And It's not as easy as just saying, hey, I believe in Jesus. They want to see what believing in Jesus has done in your life. And let me tell you something about the early church. These early kingdom people that saw the king raised up. Do you know why people came to the kingdom in the early church? Was it because of huge tent revivals? Absolutely not. Was it because of bald-headed preachers that get real loud on a Sunday morning? No. People come to Christ because they saw the change in people's everyday lives. And they said, what do they have that I don't? They had come back to the kingdom. Kingdom people, come on. I want you to understand today that when you walk as a kingdom person, as a citizen of the kingdom of God, under the reign of God, under the reign of the one true king, the one who was lifted up and laid low but rose again, that life changes and you still face things. But now when you face something, you face it with authority and say, I'm a kingdom person, back up. I'm a kingdom person. And although you may hurt me, you can't touch my spirit. And you cannot take my hope. And you can't change my name. That's good, y'all. So I want you to remember that. Would you stand with me? We want to pray together. Listen, and I'm going to open these altars up. Because I think that some of us, even though we walk as a Christian, we come to church, we're faithful, we worship, I think some of us need to take a knee 
and say, God, I need to be, I need to be reminded by the Holy Spirit that I am a kingdom person. Come on, even this pastor has to be reminded of that. I want to share something with you real quick. I got upset this week. Somebody just knew what button to push. Sometimes sometimes the button doesn't work. Sometimes it works real good. And, uh, and I got upset. And I felt like a failure. And I went and I sat in my truck. And I, and I just prayed. And I said, Jesus, what am I doing? If I get this, this upset, this mad at somebody... It's your kid. You love this person, Jesus. How can I be that mad at him? And um, I struggled with that for a minute. And I just drove and prayed and I thought about it. And all of a sudden this peace came. And the answer was, you might fail, but I won't. And so, yeah, you got mad, you got upset, but I'm still here with you. I'm still here. My kingdom is not changed. My rule is not changed. Turn to me. We're kingdom people, y'all. If you're not, if you, if you aren't walking under the rule of Jesus, then I want to invite you right now to make that choice. Christ, I want you to be the ruler over my life. I want you to take control, take rule over me, Jesus, that I'll follow you. And maybe you're in this place and you would say that you face things and you've forgotten to think about that identity, that kingdom citizenship. You just need to be re-energized. You need to be propped up. Listen, I want to tell you something. I think we get hung up about these altars. We worry about kneeling at an altar because somebody might say something. Good, let them. Good. If they see you go to the altar and they're worried about it, they'll know that they can come to you and help, and, and you'll help them pray. So I want to open these altars up for just a minute. I'm going to stand right here and um, we're going to worship together and we're going to reflect on this message. We're kingdom people. And we serve a king that is alive, that loves us, that doesn't fail us, that doesn't forget us, that always has us. Let me pray for you, then I want to open these altars. God, I just pray right now that hearts are impacted.